When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her from a YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. No Megan this week, as she's living the rock and roll jet set horror lifestyle that we all know she lives. But don't worry, you don't have to just listen to me and Zena completely derail <laughs> every single conversation that we're involved in instead we're lucky enough to have a pair of guests today also from the bloody fm network you know him as the host of nightlight a horror movie podcast prince jackson hey prince hello hello thank you for having me well don't think it's too fast <laughs> <laughs> and you know him as the co-host of horror queers as well as from his blog queer horror movies as well as his writing for bloody disgusting horror writer joe Lipset. hey joe hello thanks so much for having me Again, I, I don't know why people say that. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask that question at the end. We'll, we'll circle back on that. <laughs> this episode's going to be a little different as we play around the table with some questions from our listeners. The first one is an email. Hi, Johnny here. Quick question. I need a horror TV series that will scare the crap out of me. What do you recommend? <laughs> I already watched Last of Us from The Fall of the House of Usher. Haunting of Hill House, Midnight Mass, Hannibal, Evil, Yellow Jackets, American Horror Story, and The Terror. So, most of them. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I have no doubt that we have a few more suggestions around the table. Um, Joe, let's start with you. Okay. So, because they mentioned from, I'm going to go with a like-minded series from M. Night Shyamalan from a couple of years ago called Wayward Pines. Nice. It's a town that has creatures that attack it at night. There's mysteries. It's a bunch about figuring out what's going on. Uh, and, you know, it's short and sweet. It only lasted two seasons, but I actually quite like this one. Awesome. Nice pick. pick. How about you, Prince? For me, um, I... I'm out of cross, but I guess I'll just say both. Uh, one, 30 Coins. 30 Coins is mm-hmm. an amazing TV show that I feel like definitely does not get enough love. But I, I'm a huge fan of 30 Coins. It has these amazing creature design. Uh, and 
it's just it's just something about it that just literally just i don't know it just feels like it stays with you like it's it's such a good show it's such a good show oh my god um i would also say uh marianne as well marianne is i knew you were gonna phenomenal. say that. I, I have to i have to <laughs> if you were to say it, i assume zeno was gonna say it yeah. so because it's it. a good pair Mary, it's, yeah. it's so good it's so good marianne it's just downright creepy probably one of my favorite horror tv shows out um so i highly suggest marianne it's fantastic oh my gosh nice yeah all right you're up xena Okay, well, Johnny, thank you for the question. First, I'm going to say something more weird, but it still kind of creeps me out. Uh, brand new cherry flavor from 2021 yes. on Netflix. There's a particular episode that just lives in my soul forever. Uh, so there's that one. And then um, I'm going to go with another series uh, on Max now. It's called Folklore from 2018. I didn't watch the second oh, season yeah. yet, but the first season creeped me out it's like asian superstition folklore type myths going on each um episode is from a different director in a different country so highly recommend that one nice yeah i don't know about scare the crap out of you but one that i really loved is guillermo del Toro's cabinet of curiosities oh so good yeah yeah top to bottom especially the cast that they got involved in it it was just fantastic kind of every episode you know, kind of started out like, okay, let's see where it's going to go. And by the end, I was like, I am so happy I watched. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully more of that. I have no idea if that's projected to come back for another season or not, but I I I really hope so. Really. Who knows with Netflix at this point, (sighs) they'll just spend another hundred million (laughs) dollars on some random heist movie or zombie movie or something like that. (laughs) Zack Snyder has to eat. Yeah. Yeah, Poor guy. I love that he loves zombie babies, you know? It's like his it is true. Like, signature. Yeah. And slow motion inside of slow motion. Oh, his, his movie runtime is about 35 minutes at this point. Easily. <laughs> All right, next question. Hey, hey, Dark Trio. Happy New Year's. I'm ready to fall down the rabbit hole of Aussie horror movies. Can you recommend me a few of your favorite Aussie horror movies? I want to binge these ASAP. Appreciate you, Joy, in Dallas. I'll go ahead and start because I've got like, um, I got like one, and it's the <laughs> easiest one as far as I'm concerned, and it's Wolf Just Creek. Just one? Uh, you know, I bet that I've watched several, but with the exception of Wolf Creek and one other that someone else will probably name, I just... It, you know, the the closest I come to that, it was um, the documentary that I've talked about on the show before, Not Quite Hollywood, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic documentary on the Australian horror scene and, and, and or movie scene and movie boom because of the tax rates and tax refunds that they got. Um, but yeah, it's it's a big blind spot. It's like holiday horror for me. I know it's there. I just don't. but yeah wolf creek uh insanely disturbing intense the entire time and the head on a good pick still though yeah yeah really good um okay so let's do a reverse so xena what are you up to so i do have two uh so i have patrick from 1978 Mm -hmm. and uh i really really yes love this one so much i highly recommend it checking out there is a remake um I don't know if I've seen that one though, so I can't tell you if it's good or not. Any of you guys see the remake from? Was it, it was a 2000s? sequel, wasn't it? 
I thought it was like a sequel that they shot in England or Italy or something. Maybe it was. It's been a while. Um, it came out maybe in 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14. Uh, <laughs> I believe See, it was 2013. It was uh, Evil Awakens uh, is what it was called. That's oh, a spicy uh, title. But yeah, so I like that one. Um, and then the other one is one of my favorites. We all have those horror movies that we are obsessed with. And Allison's Birthday from 1981 is 100% my jam. It has everything that I love. There is a Ouija board. Someone gets possessed. There's a cult of devil worshippers. So it's just it's just one of those magical like movies about this girl. On her 19th birthday, she goes back home, even though... Some spirit told her not to go home. She goes home. And then some freaky stuff happens. <laughs> Such a Xena pick. It is. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, how about you, Prince? Uh, for me, I yeah, the list could go on and on. So I'm going to definitely shorten it. But I would say Hounds of Love. I'm a huge yeah. fan of Hounds of Love. I think it's just so, such an eerie, creepy kidnap flick. It is, yeah. it's really good. Love Hounds Oof, of Love. But all um, the content warnings for that one. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yes. <laughs> um, I would also say uh, The Nightingale as well, which is, I guess, a little bit almost kind of a bit of a cop out. Um, it's made by an it's Australian genre director. adjacent. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's made by an Australian director. It's Jennifer Kent, who made The Babadook. Um, she was also in Cabinet Curiosities as well. But I, The Nightingale is something that I have yet to rewatch because it is brutal. <laughs> it wow. is. Uh, yeah, it is a very brutal flick. Um, but probably one of the best flicks I've seen from her to date was the nightingale for me personally, but yeah, that would be mine for sure. Those two. Awesome. How are you, Joe? Okay. Well, I'm going to rep some very obvious ones. So (laughs) I'll go with rogue, which is the 2007 crocodile film. As well as the love. (laughs) There we go. That's why I was kind of glad I was last. I'm like, you know what? I'll just do all the obvious ones. So I'll also go with the loved ones from 2009. That was my other one that I was going to say. Yeah. So good. Um, But I will also go with Relic, the uh, dementia thriller. Relic. Erica James. I'm waiting for her next film. It's supposed to be a remake of Rosemary's Baby, and it's Ooh. maybe coming out this year. Oh, I okay. just got so, yeah. chills. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I remember that was a big one for Megan too. Like that yeah. was mm-hmm. a hard hitter. Oh, it's it's rough. If you've lost mm-hmm. a parent, do not watch. I also forgot Razorback. Yay! Uh, oh, yeah, Razorback. There you go. <laughs> Australia's deep cuts are so many good horror films yeah. from there. Truly. Yeah. Special shout out to The Tunnel as well. Gotta give a special oh, shout out. Oh, I to love that The one. Tunnel. Yeah. I yeah. just discovered that one a, a couple months ago. That was a, a much better found footage movie than I was expecting. Yeah. It's pretty much their version of The Blair Witch, which I really enjoy. Ooh. All right. Now we're going to roll into some topics curated by our own Xena. We're going to start out with the first one. What are your favorite silly horror tropes? Silly horror tropes they're all <laughs> silly but they're still awesome uh all right Zeno, is your question let's start with you what what's some of your favorite silly horror tropes i have so many but i you know two has been working for me so far this episode so i'm gonna give you guys two so the first one is saying hello 
in the dark asking you know just saying hello <laughs> anyone there like do you think the person's gonna say yeah <laughs> you know can you imagine that'd be pretty cool but hey. <laughs> and it just it bothers me like why are you saying hello like just run at this point um and then like the random tripping on air like it really like mm. bothers me I forgot what which movie I was watching last night. It was a full moon indie, very indie, <laughs> indie movie last night on Tubi. I fell down that rabbit hole. And some girl, she tripped over like literally nothing. And I mean, I was screaming at the screen because it's just like, what are you doing? But I will say this. I'm not going to lie. If I, if that were me, like if I was in a horror movie, honestly, I'd probably trip too over because I get nervous and <laughs> I would collapse. My legs become noodles. So. But those are just the two that popped up for me. Yeah, Zena, let, let's let's be a little more specific on that. You wouldn't trip. You would just fall down and wait I to die. I probably would. I would probably just collapse in a corner and just sit there. <laughs> Please help me. Somebody. And maybe the killer would take pity on you and be like, this isn't fun. And then just like keep walking. <laughs> I hope so. I'm, I'm so scared. Uh, Joe, how about your favorite tropes? So mine is an action movie crossover. I love it when a horror movie gives me a character title card. So I'm thinking principally of the faculty. So when we're introducing characters, it's like, stop everything. We need to give these people their badass moment and also helpfully tell you their fucking name. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. Very Suicide Squad. Like, mm-hmm. yes. Just real quick, just let you know. Yeah, I do appreciate that. I never thought about that before. The number of times that we've discussed movies on this podcast, I'm like, I don't remember what that person's name is. No, no. Mm. and don't make me wait 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, I, they do for that one in, person um, to say their name. <laughs> they did that in that movie. Is it See No Evil from 2005 or six or seven? God, they I get a lot of things. <laughs> yes. I love your your escalating. <laughs> uh, how about you, Prince? For me, um, I was I was thinking about this a little bit ago, and for me, I was thinking of tripping as well. I, I, I mainly Ghostface, right? Like when go, when the killer trips and the killer's not like bulletproof. I really like that trope, um, but. I think one trope that I also really enjoy would have to be um, the running away from stressful situations trope. So, okay, sit with me on this one. All right, let's picture the scene. Okay, we have Sydney Prescott talking to Billy, and when she's talking to Billy, learning about all the whole situations of, of what's happening and she, the mother gets brought up and all this this and that and then she runs away but she flails her arms as she runs away <laughs> that's the first thing that pops into my head and i was i was recently looking at a few things that happened in the faculty that happened in, <laughs> in scream it happened it, a lot of 90s teen horror movies it has mm-hmm. happened quite frequently and i was just like wow uh I guess we don't really d- deal well with stressful situations as millennials, and it's always been present. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is one of my favorite. It, it is top tier comedy slash 
I would probably be the same way. <laughs> I don't think Jim is emphasized as much as it used to be anymore. So there's not a lot of good running form, really. Mm-hmm. Like Gen Z yes. is in trouble. I don't know what Gen Z is going to do. <laughs> you got to look run. at a Tom Cruise movie and pump those arms. <laughs> Gen Z horror movies are going to be real bored. It's just going to be people videotaping the killer coming at them, like live streaming as they get killed. That's all. I'm going to go viral. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the the remake, right? I mean, like in Mm -hmm. 2022, they had it right. They're like, I'm pretty sure Gen Z would probably be like that. Wait, I I actually saw this this TikTok like a while ago where someone was saying that Gen Z, when they dance, they do not, and this is serious, they don't like put their arms up. You know the songs, you know, raise your hands like you just don't care. They don't do that. They won't do that. So (laughs) are they dancing with their arms down? So maybe they'll be running with their arms down, you know, as well. (laughs) Riverdance is going to make a big, big comeback in 2024. <laughs> Michael Flatley's coming at you. Watch out. Oh um, I, I was trying to think of silly ones because I like a lot of horror tropes. I like most horror tropes. Um, my favorite silly one, I think, is just the concept of a haunted VHS tape or haunted media oh. in general. Mm-hmm. A film like Antrim or, or, or Cigarette Burns or anything like that. I've always, I still absolutely adore hearing the sound of a VHS tape being entered into a VCR or ejected or whatever. There's just something about that nostalgia or whatever it is like that. Yep. Oh, it's haunted tape. Yeah. Let's watch this. I'll I'll totally check this out. I would die all the time (laughs) if this was a real thing because like, yeah, of course I'm going to watch this. I grew up in the faces of death handing around the VHS in middle school days. So yeah. I'm totally not going to survive that. <laughs> Even as an adult with kids who I would tell, don't do that. That's stupid. Don't do things you know are stupid. I would do the thing that I know is stupid. <laughs> I'd be the first to die in most horror movies. <laughs> it's more fun. <laughs> Me and Zena are just going to fall down and wait for the killer to come. It's like, <sighs> I don't want to well. die tired. I don't want to be sweaty <laughs> when I die. All right. Just. Joe and I will be the trope that will be, stay here. We'll go get help. <laughs> and then we would run without using our arms. Yeah. <laughs> I like your plan. Good. Thanks. Uh, next topic. David F. Sandberg is directing the movie adaptation of the Until Dawn video game. What are your thoughts? And for those of you who are not familiar with the game, like myself, we're going to be learning together right now. <laughs> Players assume control of eight young adults who have to survive on Blackwood Mountain when their lives are threatened. The game features a butterfly effect system in which players must make choices that may change the story. All playable characters can survive or die depending on the choices made. Players explore the environment from a third-person perspective and find clues that may help solve the mystery. Okay, has anyone played this? I haven't. I, I have Yay, it's a Xenon Prince topic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I watched a I watched a playthrough and read the description of the game. There you go. <laughs> so you played kinda. You pretty much pl- kinda played it. <laughs> you know, I used to bash tri- like Twitch streamers because I was like, who why in the hell would anyone watch someone play video games? Totally oh, so forgetting many. that when I was a kid, we would be at Chuck E. Cheese or Circus Circus mm-hmm. or the local arcade yeah. watching kids play Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or Dragon's Lair and see how much money you could actually lose playing that game. Deep cut for the older people in the audience. Placing their quarters uh, right on the on the shelves there. Totally, yeah. And at the same time, I will watch playthroughs too. I, I like I don't I like watching the cinematic cuts though. 
because video game cinematic cuts, are, especially in horror, have gotten so, so good. good. I can't yeah. figure out why horror video game designers aren't working in Hollywood, too, because some of the creature effects and designs that they're coming up in video Phenomenal. games, I understand that it's a different media. But holy crap, some of them are absolutely terrifying. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. we need that <laughs> in Hollywood. <laughs> a little less CGI um, cliche stuff and a more just bizarre monstrosities. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, but as far that. as the actual video game is concerned, uh, Zena, what do you think about it? I'm very, very excited about this because I love the game and I love David F. Sandberg. I love everything that he puts out. And I feel like if you're someone you don't usually play video games, I recommend giving this one a try. I think that you'll enjoy it. I was able to get like some of my friends who they don't game, they don't like video games, but, you know, I gave them food and then one, you know, just invite them (laughs) over and we would play this game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Also, just a side note, you didn't ask. I heard that Gabby, Gabby, Gary Dubberman, he is writing the script right now and it's just like, okay, but what about like Salem's Lot? Aren't you guys wondering? Like, what happened to it? Finish that first. You know what? Like, I'm I'm excited about Until Dawn. It is finished. is waiting. Like, okay, don't you... What do you think happened? What's what's wrong? Uh, I think it's Why? getting shelved, but uh, no. I really hope I'm wrong. But I, I think it's getting shelved, but, but I really hope I'm wrong. Back to the game. Super excited. Both yes. Game movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, I am also extremely excited. I love video game adaption stuff and now in recent years it has gotten drastically better um mm-hmm. especially with what things like the last of us now granted i think the last of us definitely made the shoes pretty big for a lot of other people um but for example i actually really like the super mario movie i thought that was really good i'm very excited for the legend of zelda movie that's coming out um i thought it was good i thought it was i thought it was fun. I, it was great <laughs> for was me to cute. see yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. I made a face. I didn't like it. It gave me a migraine. I'm an old man. No. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I like seeing dry bones on screen. I was like, that's that's iconic for me. But um, so as you could tell, I, I I'm also the person who likes the original Super Mario Bros. movie as well. So, you know, don't take my word for everything. But um, with that, I am very excited about Until Dawn. However, I am very curious how everything's going to work, mainly because the butterfly effects was a huge Mm -hmm. pivotal thing in this game. This was all based off of your choices in the game. So if you made one choice that that will pop up with the butterfly effect, letting you know that whatever the other choice was is now affected by that. So I'm very curious how they're going to bring that element into this movie, Um, Hmm. just because it's a huge piece of the game. Yeah. Do we know Maybe if they'll... this is going to be a feature release or streaming? Good. I think they're going to feature. Because it makes mm. me wonder if they're going to go Black Mirror on it. Like, is it oh, that's what I was wondering. Oh, yeah. sure. Right. Yeah, that could be, that'd be smart. That would be great. Because, yeah, otherwise, to your point, that's kind of removing a huge conceit of the, the video game. Otherwise, yes. you're just literally watching a group of eight people try to you're survive. Wa- exactly. Things. You're watching a Wendigo yeah. movie. So it's just like... Uh, mm. but. At that point, like I'm, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen because another big pivotal part of the game is uh, 
how many people can you keep alive? Like you literally got achievements and trophies for either keeping everyone alive, keeping a hand few alive or keeping no one alive. <laughs> so you got achievements every single time you got to replay this game and you had to figure out which was the fun replay replayability part about it was that you just had the opportunity to go in and see what you can do differently in order to achieve uh, that initial score of you being able to either keep no one alive, everyone alive, or a hand few alive. But if they don't cast Hayden Panettiere for the main right. role, I'm going to yeah. be very upset. <laughs> I mean, that was my big question because reading through the Wikipedia page, I think might offer us some insight into how they'll put it together because there's a couple of points where they say, and if this person survived, then this might happen. But I think mm-hmm. for the most part, it's a, a relatively straightforward sort of mm-hmm. slasher Wendigo storyline. Exactly. It's not that exciting but it seemed like the thing that people really got excited about was either yes that that replayability or the stunt casting because there were a lot of famous people in the video game and it'd be interesting Mm -hmm. to see them come and actually reprise their roles as actual actors in the movie yeah be cool to see rami malik award season this year for the last of us i would think it's probably Mm -hmm. a pretty solid draw to to get actors in now oh sure yeah which will be interesting because horror doesn't gather that much of a draw from like academy standpoints but it's interesting that video games is kind of bringing that as well Mm -hmm. i mean video games also win bafta awards and things like that so they're very high scaled mediums that a lot of people you know work really hard on not to say they don't for like movies and such but uh it should be interesting to see how these castings work um and Mm -hmm. With all of these people being a part of this game, I'm very curious to see who's going to be a part of it. And I, I would love to, I, I just want to know more. I just want to know more. Just give it to me. Let, let, let's check it out. I just want to know more. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The disappointment I saw when Gary Doberman is writing it when we could have had Larry Fessenden just rewrite oh, it. So I'm like, this is a trade down. I apologize. Yeah, but. I definitely was pretty upset about that. <laughs> I don't envy anyone trying to adapt that. It sounds no. like it's kind of it could be going to be tough. Lose. I mean, it's, yeah. it's always fandom's always tough anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I'm hypercritical about any movie that invi- involves creepy pastas because it's what I love. Right. It's what I play in, and there video games. Like, look at look at comic book fans. Mm-hmm. Like how just up in arms they get over it. Like the news that they might gender swap the Silver Surfer. Oh my god! And. <laughs> Like just like oh, Domino is black in 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 Deadpool, but she's white in the comic. It's like are you? Are, like, oh, just, yeah, just calm down. Go somewhere with it's all gonna that. be okay. <laughs> You're gonna live. People need to yeah. die on better hills. Yeah. I was I was going to say I know that there's a um until dawn like reality TV series that's on Netflix. I Ooh. haven't watched it. Oh. Um, it's French, so I don't know if you guys. Check. Hmm. Okay, guess I not. haven't seen but it. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I haven't even heard of this. Yeah, I'm curious about it, but I just never got around to checking it out. It, it, wait, it's a reality show? Mm-hmm. They kind of have like a reality show. There are like 10 episodes, and it came out in 2020? 20? Oh, I see. So, so some of France's funniest comics carry out ghastly tasks as they try to outlast and outwit one another while overnighting in haunted locations. Sounds kind of fun. Yeah. 
It does sound different. It mm-hmm. almost sounds a little bit like the the TV show that I'm almost positive does exist, but I've never heard anyone else reference it in my life is uh, Murder in Small Town X, which was on Fox for yeah, one season. And then uh, I think the person who came runner up unfortunately died in 9-11. He was a firefighter in New York. Oh. And I think kind of after Ooh, that, they were like, eh, maybe we shouldn't keep doing it. But it was not. actually a reality show where everyone was sent to an island that was full of actors and they were ha- and they were supposed to try and solve this mystery just interacting with the actors and stuff like that and i always thought it was a mm. cool concept it, it comes yeah. across weird you sure. know you have to be a really good improv actor to yeah. deal with someone who has no idea what's going on in a reality show asking <laughs> random questions that makes sense i mean that's like that show jury duty and oh, uh, Jerry Duty was so good, <laughs> but just really great improv actors that were just working with this one dude who was not involved at all. <laughs> Love feel it. bad, <laughs> yes, <Yeah. It's> awkward <laughs> on so many levels. All right, next up, Radio Silence and Melissa Barrera reteam for Bloody Ballerina Vampire Horror Abigail, which we briefly discussed last week without trying to give away too many spoilers, which I think we. Pretty much just give away a spoiler for. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, speaking of vampires, it's not really a spoiler. It's in the trailer, but if you didn't watch the trailer, I'm sorry. And I'll. It's on the poster. So... <laughs> <Is it>? Okay. <laughs> I feel like this movie's going to have way more going for it than just the fact that the right. girl is a vampire. Oh, yeah. yeah. It has uh, to. Yeah, I think when you give that conceit up right away, it's really going to be more about. The, and, and it's ready or not with a vampire right kind of mm-hmm. pretty much swapping yeah. that nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with but that it looks nothing so good like it does so so good it does I, one of my buddies gave me a theory where uh they were just like what if renfield and dracula nick cage showed up at the end of this movie and it turns Ooh. out that's nick cage's oh, daughter <laughs> i w- i lost my mind when they said that and i was like now i want that and i'm going to be very disappointed not to get that aquafina <laughs> kicks the door in as the cop no. that gets called yeah. <laughs> I love her, but what was she doing in that film? <laughs> that was so it was interesting casting, that's for sure. It but was, I, I thought yeah. she was great in it, though. I liked her. I hated that storyline. It was it's an, an interesting storyline. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and speaking of vampires, what's a must-watch vampire movie for the panel? Um, I'll, I'll start this one. Um, my favorite, probably across the board, is Shadow of a Vampire starring uh john malkovich and mm-hmm. willem dafoe willem nice. dafoe is absolutely fantastic it's basically a retelling of nosferatu mm-hmm. from the point of view of the the filmmakers just a dramatic we'll call it a dramatic retelling i think willem dafoe was nominated for an academy award for best supporting so. actor for it too just you wouldn't even realize it was him under the makeup like uh playing um count orloff but just absolutely fantastic it's more emotional than you would think it would be like you actually like the the feels are a lot deeper but it's also pretty chilling and terrifying and very unexpected it's one of those movies where i didn't expect didn't know what to expect when i watched it and i was like this is like i love being surprised in that way by movies not shocked but like oh my god this is this is so much more than i thought it was gonna be like watching x Mm-hmm. like you got surface level but then like you start talking about it with people and you're like oh my god there's so much more to this movie than 
what you just watched on screen. And I love that stuff. Um, Prince, how about you? What's your favorite must-watch vampire movie? Uh, so mine is The Transfiguration. A uh, huge fan of The Transfiguration. It is about this kid who is growing up in the projects, and he is just technically... I guess, fascinated by vampires. This came out around 2017, I think. Um, And he's just extremely fascinated about vampires to the point where he goes and does his own hunts. He's not technically a real vampire, but he does his own hunts and he has this whole thing of drinking blood and watching odd like videos of like animals being like farmed pretty much it was it's a very interesting flick but the whole thing is a very sad and melancholy movie about just him struggling with his own mental illnesses and Mm -hmm. it is a really really good movie just really fantastic i'm gonna say i think i went to high school with that kid struggling for identity right <laughs> struggling for place struggling yeah. to, to make sense of where you are in the world and what you wish you could be in a romanticized version of a reality that you'll never experience like i think all of right. us in some way yeah. shape or form can feel that it's and one also of the reasons why we... a vampire that too <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the reasons why we probably watch movies to begin with right so yeah. what no <laughs> i don't need escapism <laughs> who needs fine. that how dare you <laughs> fine uh joe how about you what's your favorite vampire flick okay i'm gonna piggyback on princes because uh mine is also a little bit somber so i'll go with my heart can't beat unless you tell it to oh, wow, it's a yeah. 2020 film it's a pair of siblings who have to care for their sickly brother and the brother is coded as a vampire but the The lead is Patrick Fugit, and he's devastatingly good. But Mm -hmm. the whole film is, it's less about the vampirism and more about being trapped in a situation that you can't get out of because you feel indebted to family. Just a lot of feels. And um, so I'll say that one, and then I'll give a Xena recommendation because uh, when I saw this question, I was like, I'm going to pick one I know she loves, (laughs) which is Uncle Peckerhead from 2020. (laughs) I haven't seen that. You haven't seen, seen Uncle no. Peckerhead? Oh, it's you such a Zena film. Oh my god! Okay, let me. Matt, it's so, yeah, it's Uncle so this is a, this is a rock band that goes on tour and they need a roadie, so they pick up an aging gay vampire, and this guy just ruins their life. But it is a horror <laughs> comedy. It's over the top, ridiculous. It's very low budget, but it plays exceedingly well. It was a That's huge surprise too. for me. Okay, but okay. Can I ask a question without being too much of a spoiler? Just, just like mm-hmm. a little bit. How does he ruin their life? What does he do? <laughs> oh, it's just like they're always like, you just need to control yourself. Like we love you. We're not going to try to stake you. Like it, it doesn't go that direction until it does because he just keeps biting people and getting into trouble and stuff. And we're like, dude, oh just control gosh. your impulses. I can't wait. Okay, I'm going to check it out tonight. All right, Zena, what's yours? Kronos. It's my favorite movie ever. It's just a beautiful movie, and I feel like it is a unique take on, like, the vampire subgenre. You know, it kind of also feels like a fairy tale, of course. Del Toro. Gotta love it. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's incredible. Isn't it? It's, this was his first feature. 
Like the talent. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Immense. It's just it's absolutely incredible the talent and and he uh, he's even said that he was inspired a lot by uh, ben, uh, Bill Gunn's movie as well, Ganja and Hess. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say that was on my couple. list too. Um, Mine too. I mean, really good. Um, but he was inspired a lot by that and how like vampirism is such an interesting like call for addiction and mm-hmm. unwanted addiction as well. And Kronos also just phenomenally well done and you have multiple unwanted addictions someone addicted to plastic surgery someone addicted to blood and so on and so forth so yeah really cool nice now i wasn't expecting this one at all but i love this one (laughs) our favorite misleading horror movie posters talk about a (laughs) non-sequitur so for those of you who don't remember what posters are, I think people still have posters. <laughs> I don't know. Posters still exist. Posters still exist. Maybe I think, well, Spencer's gift still exists, and you can find bloody disgusting products there. That's not a paid-for advertisement. It's just what they make me say. And, yeah, so posters. And there was a time, you go to movies, there's posters on the wall, right? Well, there was a time, especially with horror movies, that... um the posters didn't exactly lead you down the right path of what the movie was actually about. It was more just an artist's interpretation of what they thought the movie might be about. <laughs> so we're going to go around the table and talk about some of our favorite misleading horror movie posters. Let's start with... I'm going to say the easiest one because I like taking the easiest questions because I'm hosting this right now and it's my right. And I'm going to start with Ghoulies. Yes. Uh, yeah. Probably yeah. probably one of the most influential box cover art slash posters that kids may have never even watched. But you saw the poster of this little green dude in overalls ready to <laughs> pop it out of a toilet. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I don't. I don't want that anywhere in my life. I, I kind of like me. him. And, <laughs> oh, he's so cute now. He's cute. And he's cute in the movie, actually. But it's still something coming out of the toilet. I don't want yeah. anything to come out of the toilet. And I remember I remember seeing that in the movie or in the like Blockbuster and Mr. Movies and all the movie shops for as long as they were open. And I don't think I watched it until probably the early 2000s like a blockbuster movie pass or something i was like where's the toilet scene and then like, there's a toilet oh it's gone yeah. it's like half a, it's in for like half a second and he's not even wearing the little cute little overalls like he was nope. sure. it was very strange yeah. was like, why it's like did they just show the artist one frame of the movie and said here make a poster but yeah, that's the one that always sticks out in my head. I probably think about that poster once a week just randomly. <laughs> it's just there now. Um, Joe, how about you? So I'll admit this was a struggle for me because I felt like there's a lot of misleading posters, but not ones that I actually really enjoy. So mm. initially mm. my my struggle was, oh, well, there were a bunch of creature features in the late 90s that just did the screen poster, like, mimic the relic oh, phantoms yeah. and phantoms, they would just yeah. have light behind them and it would tell you absolutely nothing about the movie but then i thought i don't actually really like those posters that much so i ended up going back to the board and i picked mike flanagan's oculus so 2013 mm. it's 
It's a great poster. So it's the haunted mirror and Karen Gillan is climbing out of it, but it looks like it's kind of dragging her back. And I was like, people don't really go into the mirror. People don't go into the mirror in this movie. Like that's not what is going on. That looks closer to something like mirror mirror from 1990. Mm -hmm. So I love the poster. I think it's really atmospheric, but it's selling you this idea that the mirror is a transportation device and that's Mm. not the movie. Yeah, yep. I just pulled up the image. I I was familiar with the other image that when I just Google searched right now with like the two kids looking at the oh, reflections sure. in the mm-hmm. mirror. Which is better. But, but yeah, but, but not I didn't as good a poster. that one and you're right. It's like, yeah, yeah, that makes it sound like the mirror pulls people into it. Mm-hmm. Like literally, not metaphorically. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not exactly. Something might get stuck to the mirror at some point in the movie, but it doesn't mm-hmm. get pulled in. <laughs> um, Zena, how about you? Uh, Death by Temptation, because Samuel L. Jackson, he mm. is at the forefront, and it's just like, I love this movie, but he's only in it for like a minute, like mm-hmm. literally a minute, you know, I I, I was just thought that was really funny. <laughs> Sell it on I'll... your biggest star, baby. Well, and that's how I thought about um, Scream. Like Joe had kind of mentioned how they all kind of had that same format, but with Scream, Drew Barrymore is the biggest picture in the frame. So yeah. you're like, oh, okay, Drew Barrymore's in this, even though she was kind of in a resurgence. Drew Barrymore had, she was a, obviously a famous child actor, or maybe you don't know she was a famous child actor from E.T. and stuff. But then she kind of was gone for a while, very tumultuous, turbulent teenage years. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, Drew Barrymore's back. And it's like, oh, there she goes. <laughs> she was in it for seven minutes. <laughs> but I feel like that's the best bait and switch in probably contemporary horror mm-hmm. movie history, right? Like yeah. uh, Trace, my co-host on Horror Queers, he talked about how his his parents literally went to Scream opening weekend because they wanted to see the new Drew Barrymore. So that's how they got people's money that first weekend. Wow. And and that's and the Scream franchise now that's a cornerstone of it, right? Mm-hmm. You see exactly. a big name right away in the movie, like oh. Interesting. They're dead. We're killing you off. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting start. Uh, and Prince? Uh, for me, I, also going to be Mike Flanagan as well, but Absentia, Michael Flanagan's first oh. film. Absentia doesn't even have the appropriate actress on it. <laughs> no. uh, that person's not in that movie. Yeah! Uh, like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> This is stock and, image actress number one. <laughs> yes. And they're being pulled and dragged into the only thing that is in that poster that is a remotely a part of the movie is the tunnel. But everything else is just like posted key art. <laughs> mm-hmm. But even the tunnel kind of looks like a door. It, it doesn't does. even really look yeah. like the tunnel in the movie. Yeah. Absentia is probably my favorite one that has uh the most interesting out of them all <laughs> and it's a really good movie i really enjoy that it movie. is oh it's so good yeah very, very my good backup movie. was also a, a chopping mall chopping mall mm. is a comfortable watch for me very yeah. much and that it's very it's one of those it's night i'm tired but i don't want to go to sleep <laughs> what's on oh chopping mall i'll just turn on Tubi's always got that waiting for me. And it's like like a, a, a zombie hand holding mm-hmm. a grocery or shopping bag with a skull inside a tear. Like that's nope. not even yeah. close. Not even remotely close <laughs> to what <laughs> that movie's <laughs> about. <laughs> they didn't even tell the artist what the movie was about this no. time. They're like it's a horror movie called Chopping Mall. Go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
There's a, I do have an extra one. The movie Elves from the late 80s is called Elves, right? There's only one elf. Just one in the whole movie. <laughs> See, but if it was elf, it would be too close to elf. Yeah. <laughs> and people would be like, oh, there's an elf movie. No. <laughs> I mean, I'll still watch it. Of course and you for will. listeners out there, I meant A L F Elf for those of you who remember. Again, this oh. is just like a hey, you're old, right? Podcast for me today. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Elf and it ended super dark. They need it to did. more of that. Yeah. It's it like, did. oh, Elf's about to get dissected. Nothing? Okay. Mm-hmm. No. No. Nope. Same with Quantum Leap. Oh, Quantum Leap was sad too. Yeah. Yeah. The like dinosaurs never got home. The dinosaurs was also very sad. Dinosaurs that just go extinct. (laughs) Actually, that's a fun future topic for you folks. It's like Debbie Downer, like unexpected Debbie Downer endings in movies or TV shows that should not have had them. Yeah, comedies that ended dark or that went dark unexpectedly or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, Yeah. it's like, yeah, let's, how are we going to end this? Well, the dinosaurs all died, right? (laughs) Yeah, but these are anthropomorphic dinosaurs that we've grown (laughs) to love. Let's kill it's them. TGI, yeah. yeah. And let's yeah. have them watch it on the news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watch them, the, the cold approaching them as they all huddle oh together to God. freeze. Like, That's wow. Oh, God. Uh, TV is the best in the 90s. <laughs> it truly was. <laughs> uh, all right. Next one. The U.S. remake of Speak No Evil. If you've watched the original Speak No Evil from 2022, what are your thoughts on the remake? And do you plan on checking out the U.S. remake? I know it's a big surprise for listeners to this podcast, but I have not watched this movie either. <laughs> so, Zena, as the picker of this subject, why don't you talk to us a little bit about it? Um, I'm not a fan of the one from 2022. So, uh, it, it was it was a very upsetting movie, you know, uh, for me. It was filmed beautifully. The acting's on point. It's wonderful. But... Uh, I I yell in general, but while watching this movie, that's what I did. So if I do go check it out, um, I don't think I'll be checking it out in theaters. Not because I don't want to support it, but because, again, the yelling. I don't want to be that person. (laughs) And then end up on TikTok, you know, Um, and it'll be horrible. So I I think I should watch it at home. So It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Very mature of you to know that of yourself, because mm-hmm. some people I'm, will be I'm like, ah, "I'm going touch. to watch this in theater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to yell at that screen." <laughs> uh, Joe or Prince, have either of you watched it? Yes, I have and... watched uh, Speak No Evil. I liked it. I liked Speak No Evil quite a bit. Um, I, especially that third act was extremely shocking. Um, I didn't expect it to go there, but I guess I should have from the title of the movie. Mm-hmm. But um, with that, am I excited for the remake? Um, yes and no. I still feel like it's a little soon for this to be happening right now. Um, I was like, man, let's just let it, you know, let's let it simmer for like a good five six maybe seven years (laughs) let it simmer a little bit you know um because i feel like what this is going to do i think this is going to definitely kind of shadow what this movie did in 2022 and shadow a lot of the experiences of pretty uh, people watching this on twitter and tiktok and things like that and kind of that special moment of like 
if you weren't there, you missed out kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so I feel like that might happen from this. I hope not. Um, I'm very pro remake. I, you can check my Twitter logs. I am very pro remake. Um, but this yeah. one, I feel like I'm a little, I, like I'm lukewarm on, um, I'm excited that James McAvoy is going to be in it. I think that's going to mm-hmm. be great. Um, he's incredible. Yeah. He's fantastic. And I think he's going to do an amazing job. I'm very curious how they're going to position this as, you know, the friendliness aspect behind it, because that's very much a cultural thing from uh, the Dutch folks in that movie. And so I'm very curious how they're going to play this off or like, where are they going to play this off? Um, Because I was thinking, I was like, you know, California like we're nice but like we're not like that nice and then you got like i'm I'm, like i'm trying to think and i I just really hope it's the opposite and it's like in new york somewhere (laughs) it's just like (laughs) they're just like no one's nice (laughs) no offense to new yorkers i'm just i'm just saying it would be funny They, they've got things to do, all right? Like, let's not yeah, judge them exactly. too much. They're bigger. They're very business. Yeah, walking they need to get to where they're going. Every corner. Oh, <laughs> I love New York. I'm just curious where they're going to place this movie yeah. to yeah. have it be this very... Because that's, like, the whole point of the movie is that they're very overly friendly. But it's not weird about them being overly friendly it's not creepy about them being overly friendly it's just cultural that's just how that culture of folks are Mm -hmm. so it's just that's why i'm very curious like for us to see that in america it will probably feel weird and feel um unsettling and uh discerning as well when it comes to us seeing people being overly nice in america <laughs> so i don't know I'm, I'm just i'm curious i'm curious i think if they do someplace tropical maybe like um on a mm. cruise they can meet on a cruise people are very friendly on cruises for some because everybody's happy there's great weather you get all sure. the food you know yeah. or even Until like Hawaii. that one person gets a stomach bug <laughs> <Ugh. Yeah. laughs> so I, I see something like that that makes sense. Maybe it'll be Minnesota, and we're just—we're not nice. We're just passive aggressive. And there we go. <laughs> but I was going to say, us. as the Canadian on the podcast, I could say, "Oh, maybe they'll be in Canada because Canadians are purportedly yeah. very nice, or at least it, compared it to did Americans. say North America, so they didn't mm-hmm. say it was an American remake. So I mean, that it could mm-hmm. pass off in Canada. So might be right about that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> might be right about that. Nice. Yeah. I'm I'm like Prince. I have a lot of the same kinds of questions. I'm not particularly excited for this. I will go and watch it, mostly because of McAvoy. And mm-hmm. yeah, my big question is less about the comedy of manners and the social niceties. It's more whether they're going to keep the very downbeat ending, because I think a lot of American remakes do away with that. So even though I'm like pro, very... Sorry. So even though I'm like Prince, very pro remake, uh, you know, I'm thinking of the new French extremity remakes that we've had, like Inside and Martyrs, where they have dialed back on the endings, mm-hmm. which is part of what makes those movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I will see it, but it's not my most anticipated title of the year. That's fair. Well said. Yeah. All right. And we're going to close things out 
This one's specifically going to be for Joe and Prince. If you can recommend a horror movie or series that you've recently watched just this year that you think people should go check out. We'll start with Joe. Okay, so I just watched a new slasher film. It's coming out on February 2nd on VOD called Departing Seniors. And it is putting the people of color and the queers in the predominant roles. So it's about Javier, who is a Mexican queer student. It's one week until graduation. He and his friend Bianca are just kind of over everything. And he gets targeted for harassment and bullying a lot. And then all of the jocks and the mean kids start to be killed one by one, but it's got a freaky-esque element to it. That's at least how they're billing it. So he ends up getting pushed down the stairs and he develops the ability to see either the past, the present, or the future when he touches people or objects. And it's clever. It's a little bit meta. It's really well made, all things considered. It's a low-budget, independent film. But uh, I was surprised at how well they handle things like grief. Like, when people die, it's actually taken seriously. And I was impressed by that. It doesn't nail the landing, but this is a pretty strong recommend, considering I went in with very low expectations. Hmm. I that one. Definitely on my list. Uh, for me, it will be also a movie that actually comes out uh, towards the tail end of this month, I believe, or early next month. Um, but it's Dario Argento's Panico. Um, it is a great documentary just about Dario Argento and his life in film. And it's amazing hearing about his legacy. I'm a huge Dario Argento fan, and I love, obviously, Giallo movies and things like that. But just hearing like the folks of that are in his life and that have worked with him and hearing from his daughter and things like that of how he has made such an impact on this genre of starting in some ways, which it was kind of admitted in some ways uh, how his films were very inspired by just Alfred Hitchcock and how it has kind of developed into him shaping his own self into being this very interesting Italian master of horror. So I, I very much am, would highly, highly suggest that it comes out on shutter um, and it is, it is so well done, so well done. And I really wish I was on there, <laughs> but yeah, it was just really, really well done. It just, Dara Argento's Panico. Nice. I, nice. I love horror documentaries, so I'm definitely going to check that one out. Same. All right. And that's the Blade Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. I want to thank Prince Jackson and Joe Lipset for donating their time this week. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. No, thank you. And the thank you is warranted even more now since the first one. <laughs> there we go. We made it to the end. Oh, <laughs> so nice. You love us. <laughs> We're very lovable. <laughs> we are. See? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it was great. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let everybody know where can we find you on social media, your shows, where can we check you out, the content you're creating. Tell us everything. We'll start with you, Prince. You can find me on X or Twitter, Twitter X. I don't know, um, <laughs> which is at the head night. That's night with a K. Um, or you can also hear my voice on Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. That is also night with a K as well. Um, and yeah, you'll probably also see my face in some some movies later this year, too. But can't really talk Yay. too much about those yet. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to have you back on so you can talk about them more in depth. I'll be more than happy to. <laughs> awesome. How about you, Joe? 
Uh, yes, I can be reached at B Still My Remote, and that's the letter B. And of course, I co-host Horror Queers with Trace Thurman, and that's at Horror Queers. Nice. And Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and YouTube channel is the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter, and you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out all things Bloody Disgusting on TikTok at BDisgusting. For this week, I'm John. I'm Zeno. I'm Joe. And I'm Prince. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. 